welcome to the South Mims University podcast and today we are with the Department of Corporate Development with Professor Jana Peru. The department has their own studio and I must say it's very luxurious, thick carpet, tinted windows and we are actually having an interview, the interview, in a jacuzzi, aren't we Professor? Well, I like to have most of my seminars in the jacuzzi. It, it's soothing for the mind as well as the body. And is that a cocktail cabinet? No, <laughs> no alcohol. Thick, healthy juices and smoothies and cereals for early morning breakfast meetings. Well, <laughs> late morning breakfast meetings. Is that the afternoon tea buffet over there? No, 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 no. Still the breakfast buffet. We had a really late start this morning. It's nice of you to invite us here. Is the logo on the towel what I think it is? Yes, even our towels are sponsored. We do important work here as, uh, as comfortably as possible. So we are here at your invitation to talk about the baboon experiment. <clears throat> yes, our department has been researching this for some time and we have finally had a breakthrough. What we have discovered will change It'll change a lot of things, so it would probably be best to release this as a restricted podcast on, on a need-to-know basis. Of course. Now, I assume there is a zero chance of it being put on general release. Zero chance. South Mims only uses the latest cutting-edge technology. The only way anyone will be able to hear this is by being issued with a sonic key. And for that, they will have to be on a gold mailing list. Our entire system is encrypted with the latest computer innovation. Good. Well, so long as that is established, we were pretty much ordered to release this information by, uh, by government statute. If we did not, we would lose our academic accreditation. Otherwise, this would have remained classified, for want of a better word, so I would rather it remain secret, and it is being released only to the selected few. Uh, before we go any further, I think I should tell our restricted listeners that this has nothing to do with baboons as animals. Indeed. I mean, it has nothing to do with biology or zoos and so on. No, 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 no. I wouldn't know a baboon if I fell over it. It's a monkey, isn't it? Technically an ape. Yes, with a red bum. Is it? Well, you know more than I do. I did a little bit of research. Um, but this is about CEOs, isn't it? Yes, it, it is. Chief Executive Officers, or Managing Directors as they used to be known. CEO has taken over as the generally used term. Yes, and they are usually extremely highly paid. Very highly, yes. And this is what this is all about. Has this always been the way? Well, not exactly. I need to give you some background. <clears throat> Let's go back to the 1980s. Almost 30 years ago. Indeed. The Thatcher Reagan years. They must have been quite something. The Big Bang. Sorry, I thought that was hundreds of millions of years ago. Isn't that physics? <laughs> Amazing. It's already been forgotten. The Big Bang was the term for deregulation. Times move fast in finance. Never mind, let's just say before then... Now take a deep breath. A banker's word was his bond. His word? Yes, I know. Crazy times. It was a different world then, so bear with me. Okay, we go back to then. Early 1980s. Now, Im imagine a dinner party in Hampstead or somewhere like that. 
Okay, what would they have been eating to set the scene? Then, I've no idea. Prawn cocktails, steak, black forest gatto, I suppose. Is that what they ate? Supposedly. Sausages, pineapple, it doesn't matter. The point is, they were at this imaginary dinner party. There would have been a surgeon, a lawyer, and a managing director. A CEO. Yes. Now, they would have been to the same private school, they would have gone to Oxford or Cambridge, they would have entered their various professions through who they knew, and so on and so on. And In the so usual on. way. In the usual way, exactly. But there, the similarity ended. The surgeon would have had social status and money, the lawyer would have had some social standing and lots of money, but the businessman, and don't forget this was 30 years ago, yes. not so good. This was shortly after the 1970s when greed and money was still looked down upon and was socially unacceptable. It's hard to believe that now, but it really was the case. Greed was unacceptable? Yes. Are you sure? I know it's hard to believe, but yes. This was before the Wall Street film, before the internet, before branded trainers, before manufactured homogenous pop songs. It was a different world, a more innocent world. Go on. So, our CEO is at the dinner table with his doctor and lawyer friends who are making more money than he was, even though he, or rather his parents, had paid for him to go to the same school and the same university. And they were doing that because they had both done years of study which he was either too lazy or too stupid to do. He must have felt awkward. Yes. Cheated. Yes. He had not got his money's worth. Unfulfilled. Exactly. These other two knew lots of fancy words. Doctor words, lawyer words. And he didn't have any words. Apart from maybe slush fund or something like that. Not so good. Not as good as frontal lobotomy. Not nearly as good. He felt excluded. So he decided to burn his bridges and become a doctor or a lawyer. I see! <laughs> no, 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 That would have been much too hard. No, no, not so. He tried a different route. He decided to try and make management look as hard as being a doctor or a lawyer. Now that is brilliant. And even yes. as worthwhile as being a doctor or a lawyer. Now, that is a little short of crazy. Step too far. But isn't that what they call lateral thinking? It is. And I think the concept came out at about the same time, but there was no connection. And Feng Shui came out then, didn't it? Uh, yes, there was definitely no connection with that. So, by this brilliant stroke of lateral thinking, they made management as much of a profession as real ones like being a doctor or a lawyer in a word yes in order to get more fancy words and to get paid more yes how about the worthwhile idea well i don't think that ever really took off once they were being paid obscene amounts of money they they, they sort of lost interest in that greed is good yes so were they paid obscene amounts of money straight away no 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 they went through the usual steps ludicrous amounts of money crazy amounts of money, ridiculous amounts of money. You have to go through all of those before you reach obscene in any field. Football, for example. And all that takes time. Well, apart from in football, we've produced a paper on that. There are graphs and things. So, how did they go about it? This is definitely classified. Definitely. Well, it was so simple, really. Lateral thinking so often is. It's as if we're sitting in footprint of a huge animal and we can't see out of it. 
to see the animal itself. We were in the 1980s, 30 years ago, and slowly, very slowly, expressions like low-hanging fruit, bleeding edge, summit view, and the seminal blue sky thinking. All appears. of a sudden? No, no. They were introduced slowly, almost imperceptibly. To make the profession, and I use the term very loosely, the profession of management seem more, I don't know, glamorous than it actually was. To make it sound more interesting, you mean? Exactly, to make it sound as interesting as, say, performing a frontal lobotomy or defending a high-profile fraud case, as in the dinner party, remember? Whereas in reality, it was the same lame... It was the same lame, brick-headed, greed-driven, ruthless pursuit of profit that it had been for the preceding 30 centuries. I think there is something you are not telling us here. There is. South Mims had a hand in it. South Mims? Here? Had a... Oh, this is white-knuckle stuff. I told you, and this is only the beginning. We were not directly involved, but the reason we know all this is because of our connection with Moose Falls University in the USA. Moose Falls? Hmm, that rings a distant bell. It's not well known, though, is it? Well, it was built on land originally belonging to the Yellowfoot tribe of Native Americans. They died out last century and the land had to be used for something. The university was built there, but it was shut down a few years ago. I remember now, there was something in the educational supplement. Was there a connection? Yes. The Business School of Moose Falls University, in order to uh, up its profile, came up with all these expressions and slowly released them into the workplace. There was an entire department dedicated to producing them. We have some of the original documentation with comments like, will we really get away with this? On them, fascinating. So how did the expressions get introduced? Well, each graduate of the department was given one expression to, to champion. Coincidentally, champion is one of the expressions Moose Falls came up with. They would get a job in a finance company or something like that and use the expression till it caught on. But Moose Falls was not a blue-chip university. It wasn't Harvard or Yale. How could their graduates get into positions where the expressions would be heard by the right people? Simple. If they could get a position just as uh, a T-boy in a blue-chip firm, all they would need to do is use it in the company of Harvard or Yale graduates. These graduates would steal the expression and pass them off as their own, and they would then gain traction. That's incredible. Well, you can believe it or not, it's up to you. And did it work? Yes. From the mid-1980s, so-called executive pay started to creep up. There was absolutely no need for it. Performance did not improve. In fact, in some quarters, it went down. That was in America. <clears throat> yes. But as soon as the British management class smelled money for old rope, it crossed the pond, as they say, and then to Europe, and other non-English speaking countries. There are versions in most of the Romance languages and in Russian, ready for the collapse of communism, which was predicted. The expressions worked very well in oligarchical settings. So the trick was to put a sort of smokescreen of gibberish in front of the bleeding obvious and pretend that it was worth paying more for. Exactly. Lawyers have been doing that for centuries, but they had to study for years, mostly, in order to do it. With this plan, it would work overnight. 
obviously the lawyers were spitting glass, but there was nothing they could do. And you say South Mims had a part in it? Yes. Professor Florian Stanistreet came over here from Moose Falls in the late 80s and brought a lot of the concepts with him. Is he still here? <laughs> he left years ago. Some kind of crisis of the soul. He ended up in Norfolk. Lots of kindred spirits there. Sad business, really. That started the connection. So, there is still a connection? There was a connection until Moose Falls University was closed down. And then a lot of the papers came here. They had to go somewhere. We've been researching them and that's what this is all about. The baboon experiment? Yes. Go on. Now, I imagine that even you can remember the financial crash of about ten years ago. Who can't? Well, a lot of people, believe it or not, they go on as if nothing had happened. We are due for another soon. How soon? Sooner than you think. The crash suggested that a system driven by greed and, to distill it down, stupidity, essentially did not work. That these obscenely overpaid but really mediocre executives were being paid to, to well, often to fail and to bring down entire systems with them. And it was held up to the light. It was. So the financial establishment needed some kind of proof that it did work. So they came up with the baboon experiment. As much for their own peace of mind as anything else. Which was held at Moose Falls? Yes. It was more of a trial. By then, Moose Falls' influence on executive pay had leaked out to the, uh, <clears throat> to the financial establishment and it was felt to be safer than an Ivy League university being more out of the way. So what was the baboon experiment? It was essentially this. Two booths were constructed. Then a list of executive choices was flashed up inside. Something like, uh, there's a world recession, do you invest or sell? Then um, there's a war in the Middle East, what do you do? And so on and so on. There would be multiple choice and you choose by pressing a button. You would start with a billion dollars and after you've made the various decisions in a sequence, see how much you've made. A bit like um, a controlled game of Monopoly. Yes, and a working, highly paid CEO was put into one of the booths. And the other? I'm sure you've guessed. A baboon, carefully chosen to be of average mental capacity. For a baboon? Yes. Why a baboon? Why not an orangutan? A baboon fitted the booth better. Could have been any of the higher primates. So, the baboon would press the buttons randomly, thus proving that a skilled CEO would perform better than a random set of circumstances and justify his outrageous pay. One assumes so, it's a logical conclusion. Even so, how did they get the CEO to participate? Well, there was a little, uh, little economy with the truth. He was told it was another CEO in the other booth. There was a, a financial incentive. And he was guaranteed an anonymity. We still don't know who it was. But how did they get the baboon to actively, actively participate? Well, I think bananas were employed. So what happened? Well, I'm sure you can guess. The baboon won by several billion dollars. Coincidence. They ran the experiment again. Twice more. The baboon won each time. Pretty conclusive. Devastating stuff! The implications, the consequences, the entire corporate system threatened! Goodness! This is incredible! It is. 
I'm going to have to switch off the recorder while I take a moment. Here we are, back again, after that revelation. I have had a glass of water. So, what did they do? Well, obviously, secrecy was the immediate concern. They said there had been an equipment failure. Luckily, there were only two technicians involved. They were quickly sectioned and institutionalised. This was relatively straightforward when the, when the, uh, the circumstances became known. The CEO who participated was simply uh, never told. He was happy so long as the uh, money went through, which it did. And what about the um, financial establishment who asked for it in the first place? The computer failure ruse worked. They were used to that. And then it was simply forgotten about. The financial establishment has a very short attention span. And that was why the university as a whole was closed down? Better safe than sorry. So how exactly did you come to learn about the baboon experiment when it was so hush-hush? <clears throat> well, remember the connection between the two institutions. And uh, due to a computer error, the information was passed on to us with all the rest. And now we have to disclose it. Hence this interview. Hence this interview. Fortunately, the rules do not dictate who we disclose it to, and we know that this will only be heard by the select few. Absolutely. I stress again that this has all been encrypted with the latest IT technology. And obviously, my lips are sealed. Obviously. Remember the technicians. I want to thank you again, and I will try to forget this as soon as I can. That would be wise. Please use the blue towel without the logo.